this, y'all. Wait, hold on. I like this part right here. Uh, uh. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Man Cave Huddle, and I'm your host, Greg. Ooh. Look, I'm here to give you the updates. I'm just here to give you the information. Don't kill the messenger. I'm just telling you, in my opinion, what I saw last night in Game 3 between the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I am going to tell you the score and tell you, in my opinion, what happened. Usually in Game 3, first game at home is for the uh, away team, obviously. Uh, being out 0-2, you would think that the Cavaliers would have came out with that great determination, knowing that no team has ever come back from being 0-3 in the NBA Finals. For all the Cleveland Cavalier fans, for all the LeBron fans, for all the LeBron apologists out there, sorry to tell you, but the Warriors won 110-102. And this is what happened, y'all. As expected, the Cavaliers, I'm not going to lie, they came out intense. They came out on fire like they did in game one. They came out full of energy and intensity. Now, what made you believe, a couple things made you believe that the Cavaliers were going to win this game. Early on in the first quarter, 14-4 lead. It wasn't just LeBron scoring like 10 or 12 of the points. It was mostly the others, and LeBron was just facilitating. So you thought, okay intensity, the crowd, every made shot. I mean, the crowd was just going wild and screaming and all this and all that. And you were like, okay, this all, we look like this could be another game one, except they might win because they're at home. Let me tell you something. The heart of a champion can never be underestimated. In the words of the great Ric Flair, woo! I'm sorry, I just had to throw that out there. In order to beat a man, you have to beat the man. And in classic, calm, cool, meticulous fashion, Golden State withstood the initial blow, withstood the crowd, the energy, the foul calls, the everything. And at the end of the first quarter, after all the dust was settled, it was a 29-28 game with the Cavaliers only up by one. And when I tell you they were playing good, they were really playing good. But there were a couple factors that led to the stabilizing force in the first quarter for the uh, Warriors. One of these players was JaVale Boogie. Now, for all of you out there that don't know what analytics is, analytics in sports is when you have scientists or geniuses get involved, and what they do is they use math to determine where percentages, where you are best to take a shot. So if they say, hey, look, you shoot the three-point ball from the, the right corner 44% of the time, but anywhere else on the court where you take a three, the percentage goes down 15%, and you only shoot it at 20 or 30-some-odd percent of the time. You know what they say? Stay in the right corner and wait for the three. Don't go anywhere else. And pretty much they've done that to the point where only the great players can shoot wherever they want, but most players, they stay in a certain spot or it's like a player might be in a groove, 
but mathematically the numbers say you got to take your rest now so you can be more productive later. They analyze everything, very analytical. That's why they call it analytics. But in doing that, there's one thing that happened last night that analytics can't see. And that was the production of JaVale McGee. No, he didn't go for 20 points. Although in the first half, he was the second leading scorer behind Kevin Durant. But it wasn't off of him getting the ball, doing the move, and getting to the rim. He did a lot of things that analytics can't see. And what I mean by that is he's a seven-footer that could rim protect. So he's very athletic, shot blocking, able to defend around the rim. And what's most impressive is, is that at his height, he can move his feet and defend the, the perimeter on the three-point edge. Remember I told you, you can't start if you can't defend the three-point ball. And he was on an island against LeBron at times, and he w- you can't stop LeBron, but he was at least efforting, trying, making LeBron work. And with his height, you just can't go up and lay it up off the glass. With that height, it's more of a, oh, wow, I got to figure out another move once I get my shot off so that I can actually score this bucket. And his height really proved to be a problem. And it's the energy, getting the rebounds, um, altering shots, the ability to just provide effort and energy. And those is those things don't pop up with analytics, but that's the human factor. And to me, he was a big-time reason of why they withstood that early onslaught from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And another big reason, not only in this game, but in the first quarter, especially the first half, was none other than, Mom, who's number 35 on the Warriors? How come he's making all the shots? Why aren't the Cavaliers trying to stop him? Kevin Durantula. I mean, Kevin Durant went bonkers last night. In the first half, he had 24 points and 8 rebounds. Now, that's a great game for a lot of players. That was just the first half, PT. Okay? The first half. I mean, Kevin Durant, he didn't go perfect from the field, but it almost felt like it. Like, you know when you're running late to work and you're counting down the minutes and you get off the exit and you're like, man... There's no way I'm going to make it to work on time. I mean, all these lights have to be green. There's no way I'm going to... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All the lights are green. Oh, my God. And you wind up making it to work on time? That was what Kevin Durant was for the Golden State Warriors last night. Whenever they needed a bucket, green light. Whenever they needed somebody to get a rebound, green light. Whenever the Cavaliers went on a couple buckets run, maybe got it to within 5, 10, 2, or even took the lead by a point or two, green light Kevin Durant. He was, boom, right there with the bucket, right there with the rebound, right there with the three. I mean, for all the, the, for everything that everybody's had to say about him throughout this playoffs, especially against Houston, last night, he vindicated himself. I mean, it was like switch. Oh, I got George Hill on me? Barbecue chicken. Take that. Uh, switch. Oh, okay. I got Tristan Thompson on me. All right. I'm going to cook him up. Take that. I mean, whoever, it, it, it was almost like Burger King, your way right away. It was almost like going to Buffalo Wild Wings. I want buff, I want 24 wings, I want 12 teriyaki, and I want 12 hot barbecue. Okay, you could do that, thank you. I mean, it was like he was serving it up however he wanted. 
he was just amazing last night, offensively as well as defensively. There was a point in the game early on in the first quarter, he was the only one that had a rebound. He had seven rebounds. He was the only one that had a rebound for the Warriors. But that changed, obviously, as the game went on. But, I mean, this was a game of just uh, the Warriors had a, had a game plan. They came in, being the veteran team that they were, and they stuck in there and took it. One thing that I want to say about the Warriors, when you watch them play, in this era of teams just shooting three-point ball and just drive and kick, it almost feels like the Warriors, they don't run plays, but they have these generic sets and principles. And what I mean by that is, is like, all right, the ball is located here on the court, and from that area, we're going to generate movement, and guys are going to get to their spots and move off of that. And whatever their principles are, they stick to that, and they just always find the open guy, man. They always find, with all these all-stars on the Warriors, they always find the guy not open, like, oh, my God, that he's wide open for that three. I mean, wide open. And it and and what happens is is because it's just generic simple sets and principles. And when I mean sets, for all of you that aren't diehard NBA fans, it's just the way when they align themselves in a half court setting, and they get into a position or a spot on the floor, and boom, they run around and just do what they do. It it, it it's really amazing, and it almost seems as though the principles are. Wherever the ball is, everybody get to your spot, and we create movement off of that. And another player that is, is, is he's almost, I don't want to say a point forward, but he's almost like a ball-handling offensive catalyst. And that's Draymond Green. Because whenever he touches the ball, he the last thing he wants to do, unless somebody finds him as the open guy to take a three, is take a shot. What he wants to do is find the open guy. So he'll dribble to a spot, pick up the ball, and look around. And it almost like he knows where everybody's supposed to be. He just says, okay, you're not open, you're not open, you're wide open, here you go. Or let me throw the ball to you, and you know where to move the ball to to find that open guy. Tremont Green is so good at that, man. And it's so challenging finding a player that is willing to defend, willing to rebound, do all the dirty work be the goon, and in the post area, initiate the offense, bring, bring up the ball and ball handle, that's impressive, man. And when you see all the weapons that the Warriors bring to the table, they were nicknamed the Splash Brothers. Okay? You know who I'm talking about? K Clay Thompson, and Stephen Hot Sauce Curry. I mean, they nicknamed the Splash Brothers. Well, last night they were dehydrated. They needed some Gatorades. They needed some electrolyte waters. They needed some waters or they just needed something. Them brothers were dehydrated. They weren't even the Splash Brothers. They weren't even Splish. They weren't even Splush. They were just, that's what they were. They didn't even earn the Plash. They were just last night combined in the first half. Mind you, these guys are averaging over 20 points a game, over in the finals, combined in the first half. They had seven points, okay? 21 points for the game. 
Curry have 37 points the other night for the game combined. They had 21 points. And get this. Three-point field goals. Together, they had three. Okay, K. Clay Thompson had two. Your man Steph Curry had one. It was a it was a big time three, but he only had one. And what's ironic about this team and this guy, and I'm talking about Steph Curry. In game two, he set the NBA record for nine made three-point field goals. And last night in game three, he set the NBA record for missed field goals. I'm talking about three-point field goals here with 10. He went one. He missed 10 and only made over one. I'm sorry. I think he missed over 10. I'm not sure. I got to check my numbers. I'll get back to y'all on that. But the point is that he only went one for like 10 or plus missed field goals. And it was Kevin Durant. Like I had mentioned earlier, being the green light so he's not late for work. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys went on a 6-0 run? Dang, man, I got to take this three. Take that. And that was another thing in last night's game. Not only was he hitting these take-that shots, not only was he hitting these, wow, that was a legit hard shot. He was taking shots and looking back at the crowd like, why y'all make me do this? I told you I'm nice. Y'all know I'm great. But you making me do this to you. I don't want to. But you making me. He just had that casual, man, I told y'all. I told you. I told you. That's the look that he had. I mean, it was just amazing to see this guy in action. Low post, left block, right block, fadeaway, three-point, jump shot, rebound, assist. I mean, for the game, Kevin Durant had 43 points, career high in the finals game. 13 rebounds and seven assists. Amazing, right? I mean, you look at LeBron. LeBron had a great game. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. He was playing poised early, picking and choosing his spots, when to score, when to be aggressive, knowing that his team came to play. And, hey, Warriors are going on a little bit of a run here. Let me score a couple buckets to get us within reach. Let me score a couple buckets to give us the lead. But, man, Mom, who's number 35 on the Warriors? I don't know, baby, but that boy, good. I don't know why he, they're not trying to stop him, but that boy, good. Okay? One problem now that I, I had and I want to talk about right now is the coaching. Between Steve Kerr and Tyron Lue. If y'all don't know Tyron Lue, he's the head coach of the Cavaliers. My point is this. JaVel McGee, people say that, you know, uh, Kirk and coach, he's been blessed with such a great team and they have such great luxuries, which is true. But knowing how to use them is a whole other ball game. I mean, JaVel McGee, the insertion of him into the starting lineup has had a profound impact defensively for the Warriors. And I mean, in a game in which the Splash I'm sorry, were dehydrated last night, you had basically Durant as a luxury. Kerr could just say, you know what, guys? Go to your spots and just let uh, Kevin Durant cook them up. Barbecue chicken anywhere and however they want to get it. But this is my problem, Tyrone Lou, right? You see Durant is on fire. You see Durant is unstoppable. You see Durant cooking up everybody. At some point, why not double team? At some point, why not trap? At some point, don't allow this guy to get the ball in his hands. 
I'm about to say something that might make some people mad. At some point, why didn't LeBron James take that challenge on to himself and say, you could switch on every other player, but when it comes to Durant, that's me. I'll take the responsibility of stopping him one-on-one. And you know why I say, why doesn't he do that? Because somebody by the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan would have. Jordan would have accepted that defensive responsibility. I'm not starting that entertaining conversation or debate. I'm not going to digress. But all I'm saying is, as the head coach of the Cavaliers, defensively, I would have done some different things when I see Durant on fire. Greg, how could you leave Steph Curry? He's one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. He wasn't shooting them last night. Greg, I thought you said Clay Thompson was Mr. Dammit Man. He's always shooting those dagger threes from the corner. How should you leave him open? You know what? He wasn't making them last night. And you had to pick your poison. Because Durant was making them last night. Look. Ooh, it was a good game if you're a Warrior fan. But if you're a Cavs game, it was one of those Friday night. If you choose to watch the game, it's going to be one of those games. If you're a Warrior fan, you're going to be cheering the whole time. And if you're a Cavs fan, that's one of those, let me go to the liquor store before I get to watching this game. All right? Now, one last thing before I end this episode. Kevin Durant, late in the fourth quarter, 103-100. He gets this three off. And at that point, you know what? I just said LeBron should have deed him up. I think it was LeBron deed him up too. I'm not sure. But I know I should be sure, right? Didn't you watch the game last night? But the point is, is that Kevin Durant, with the score being 103-100, with a little bit over, uh, well, I'd say under a minute to go, took a dagger three where it was like, if you, oh, oh, that's how you felt. If he takes it, makes, oh, it was like you felt it. Like you felt the three. Like you were like, man, if he misses that, LeBron's going to tie the, oh, man, he made that. And then you know what he did? He turned around and looked at the crowd and said, why y'all make me do that? Y'all know I'm nice. I told you that I'm nice. And y'all going to make me out here do that to your team. Man. And at that point, people started saying, you know what? Let me." When you see people getting into the mentality of let me beat traffic and head to the parking lot early because I don't care what happens, you know it's a wrap. That's what people started doing. It was a free throw shooting game after that. And what was said is what was done. Warriors were victorious. Cavaliers lost. What I take away from this game is, I don't think the Warriors as a team are going to lose for a very long time until either A, an injury occurs during the playoffs or the the next year's finals or where the next time they compete in the finals or these guys get old and these guys are young so we're sick and tired of seeing the Warriors and the Cavaliers for four years might be the Warriors for like the next six and make it a decade Ooh. anyway that's all the time that I have to talk to you about what happened last night as I normally do at the end of every episode I want to end this with a positive quote from uh, one of my cousins so I just want to uh, read you something that he left as a post on one of his Instagrams. You have complete control 
over only one thing in the universe, your thinking. You can decide what you're going to think in any given situation. May your thoughts be positive and uplifting. I'm going to say that again. Think about what he, what he said. You have complete control over only one thing in the universe, your thinking. You can decide what you're going to think about in any given situation. May your thoughts be positive and uplifting. Thank you, everyone. And if you like this episode, tell a friend to tell a friend. Spread the word. Spread the wealth. Spread the information. Let's just share the fun. Because that's all we're doing here. We're just having fun, right? Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. And you know what? I'm going to leave you with something that LeBron might be having as a nightmare as he goes to sleep.